0: Welcome to the Legacy Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Evangelisti, and this is the place where you create certainty, clarity, and confidence. We interview the best leaders in the industry today. With that said, grab a pen and a notepad, and let's get started. All right. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I, I we were just chatting before the call and you know, I, I'm telling you, I think this is going to be a big impact for a lot of our listeners. You know, we talk, I think, you know, not I want to say on the lower level, but we talk a lot of parts and pieces on how to do things and action steps. But like we were just saying before the call, I don't think enough people in our industry pay attention to you know, the after effects, or, you know, we, we, we're we doing it because we're in the process, but we're not thinking about why we're doing it. Like, what's the end game? What's the outcome? And and you're here to talk about, or or, or you've experienced, you know, early retirement, right? And, and wealth creation, and now you're a wealth educator, right? So I think that's going to be a, a fun piece that we can add to, uh, to our valuable uh, pool of information today. Oh,
2: well, great. I'm excited so, to
0: talk. Absolutely. So maybe give us a little bit of background and, you know, kind of, talk about uh, Erbe Erbe uh, Wealth. You're the CEO of Erbe Wealth. And, and uh, I just learned that that's a German. Say it again. It's a German.
1: It's the it's German word for legacy. It's sort of a nod to my to my dad who he kind of passed away pretty suddenly uh, about 15 years ago. And I always like the word legacy because uh, I'm about third generation entrepreneur. And uh, so I, I've Felt that was a nod to my dad, um, so I, I like that word. Um, I I want other people to create legacies in their their own lives, and
0: that's kind of my absolutely. Right now. Well, that's why we call it the legacy blueprint, and so yeah. um, I love it. And I'm sorry to hear about your dad, but I think that obviously you're creating massive impact, and you're about to leave a legacy. So, so tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Sure. Yeah.
1: Well, I. Well, I quit my W 2 job in 2006 and uh, became an insurance agent. And uh, I, I always loved real estate. So, all along, I was sort of investing in, in real estate as I went. Um, my friends and some of my colleagues approached me, you know, as I became more successful at that uh, to try to be involved in some of my investment deals over time and it's just sort of grew, um, to where, oh, in 2016, I, I started doing syndicated deals. And that's just all that means is, uh, we're buying larger pieces of real estate and having, so uh, you know, anywhere from 10 to hundred investors, depending on the size of the property that come in. And, um, I dealt mostly with the investors and uh, they're wealthy <laughs> and I learned a lot from them and that sort of for me like you were saying is just kind of a mindset change that something clicked one day. I, I think that I had a lot of single family homes that I was holding and expecting to hold until I retired and you know have a have a bit of a cash flow but nothing that you know, you could retire off of. But then I started, you know, going through these wealthy, I would talk to the wealthy investors and kind of learn from them, actually, that they don't let their money sit ever. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's never sitting, it's always working. And uh, so from that, I, I just realized I had a lot of equity that's just sitting, making nothing, and uh, started to uh, sell those properties and, and invest the money in, in our syndication deals. And within three years of that mindset change, I, I'm retired. I, I sold my insurance agency uh, at the end of last year. So it's pretty powerful. Um, to so powerful money the way
0: that they do. I love it, and I'm sitting here smiling because I'm literally in that process, that phase right now. You know, we did a thousand fix and flips in the last fifteen years, and we accumulated a bunch of single families. And about three years ago, uh, my my partner and I looked at each other and we're like, "What are we doing? This is madness. We can't scale this." It's like we're both about to have a, a stroke from a pressure and and the movement. And so we we moved to syndicated deals. We started doing self storage development, much much bigger scale. And so I assume you're dealing with accredited investors, right? And you're only dealing with, you know, people that are savvy. And so can you tell the folks what that means?
1: Well, an accredited investor just means that someone who has a net worth of a million dollars or more, if they don't have that, they can qualify based on their income. They just need to, uh, if they're a single person, they need to make over 200000 if they're a married couple, they need to make over 300,000 a year and then they can get involved. It's pretty much that simple.
0: Got it, got it. And so when you do your syndicated deals, I mean, what what is generally the threshold for like the barrier of entry for getting into those deals with those accredited investors? And you're not taking, taking $1,000 increments, right?
1: No, no, I, all of ours require $100,000 for um, the minimum investment to get in, yeah.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So it's I mean it's a different conversation, right? Then, mm-hmm. then you know maybe your standard fix and flip, or you're trying to get uh you know your uncle and your cousin and your and your sister and brother and everyone's chipping in twenty five grand, right? This is this is a educated, you know, investor. This is not their first deal. Um, what does that conversation look like? How does how does it change the dynamic from you know kind of where you are to to what you do today?
2: Well, um, I think what's happened over time is I've it's been word of mouth, that's, that's spread a lot. Um, so to get the larger investors interested, as well as uh, I work with really the top of the line people who the team, uh, wealthy people are very interested. I was talking to someone about this um, a few days ago, just that the wealthy, they, they look at putting their money into people into uh, actual uh, pieces of property that are compelling to them, into business plans, they do those things rather than put their money into the stock market. So if you have a good team that's talented and has a track record, and if you have a compelling piece of property, they with a good business plan, they're they're on board with that. Um, so I find it's more, yeah, it's it's very similar to insurance and in the fact that it seems to be very relationship oriented. I get to know people and then they come in. And then once they're in, I, we're uh, starting a new deal right now. And uh, I have the same people that have invested with me for the last five years, they're investing again. So that's what we like to see, that they're happy.
0: It's the best, a repeat customer, right?
2: Yes, exactly.
0: And I couldn't agree more, the conversation is just so much different. I was literally just speaking this morning to one of our new investors in a syndicated deal and, and, and he was saying to me that he's done with the stock market, right? I've had it with traditional investing. I've had it with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the corporations and the big money controlling my money. I want to know, I want to be comfortable in knowing the team that I'm investing in. And he said something to me like, you know, I can't call Elon Musk if I want to, I, you know, yeah. but you, I can call Joe. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Thought. Interesting, right? So yeah. we're creating that dynamic.
2: Yeah, I, I had an a interesting conversation with one of my investors who was a mortgage broker for many years. He owned his own mortgage company and he said, you know, Steph, I, I've looked at thousands, thousands of financial statements from people and I can tell you that over, I don't know, 20 to 30 years of him doing that business, he said a very small percent, he would say under 5% of those people that became millionaires had were millionaires because of their 401k all the rest of them were millionaires because of a business um because of investing in real estate and that hit that particular individual really hard to be like i'm going to do this different but most people don't see that uh, because it's a bit out of out of the norm
0: (laughs) i agree i couldn't agree more now you talk about when you when you um when you sent us over the, the, the your background, your bio, you said you talk about people unlearning some of those things that they were wired to learn at the beginning. Is that kind of what you're referring to?
2: Yes. Yeah. So I think the big one uh, is if you ask a wealthy person what's more important to them, their net worth or their cash flow, they're going to a 1,000% tell you cash flow uh, mm. because if I had a, a nice and I'm sure you had a nice net worth with with all of your single family homes, but you didn't have much of a cash flow going on. If you don't have a cash flow and investing in the right things that give you, uh, you know, for us, it's a 8% preferred return. And then when the property sells, it can be anywhere from 20 to 30% annualized rate of return that. That's gonna kick pretty much anything, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely. As, uh, you know, uh, cash flow is king, cash flow is freedom, you know, yeah. absolutely. And another thing is, I guess, accumulation. I think that was my mindset too. I'll just accumulate these properties, or the average person is out there, I'm gonna accumulate all this money in my 401k, I won't touch it, it'll sit there. But I'll get it someday. Um, but yet we don't know really important things like what's the tax rate going to be in 20 years? Um, mm-hmm. Will you know any of the rules change? How? How? What are you invested in? If you ask a lot of people, I talk and sit to people and look at their um, sheets, they've been in these products for 10, 11 years, and they don't even know what they're invested in or what their fees are. So it's kind of, I'm not a big fan of the 401k. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, obviously, I, I don't think, I think a lot of us are at, this, at, the, at the level, um, you know, that we're doing syndicated deals and things like that for, for that purpose, right? is, you know, your standard return and it's mostly tied to stock market and there's fees. And, you know, it goes back to Tony Robbins' book that he did a couple of years ago. What's it called? Uh, Money Mastering the Game, right? Is, mm-hmm. is basically, you know, the concept of you know, people's, you know, normal thought processes, get a great financial planner or financial advisor, invest in them in long-term. And, you know, but when you start to see all the fees, all the, all the dings and then, you know, oh, I, can't, I, I had a 10% return this year in the stock market. But next year loses ten percent. Well, you have to make twenty to get that back, right? Where this is continuous, you know, predetermined uh, preferred rates of return plus that kicker at the end. That's what makes it so much different.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with that. And the the stock market, yeah, just that that hidden tax bill that people are going to be getting at the end of the day. I know a lot of people in this industry want to put people in the self-directed IRAs. And I have, uh, some investors that did go that way, but when you learn a bit more about that, it almost, I, I believe makes sense to take the money out, face your tax consequences as, as they come and just, just be done with it. Because when, when you invest as a self-directed IRA, um, you instead of taking those gains as capital gains, you're taking them mm-hmm. as ordinary income. Uh, once you can access that money, which is you know 59 and a half, and it, there's a big difference between those two tax rates. It's almost double. Well, it's double
0: yeah.
2: uh, more uh, to take it as ordinary income.
0: So you're saying roll it over into a Roth and pay pay the hit and take the mm-hmm. tax hit now. And that way, when you get to fifty nine and a half, you never pay taxes again on that on those draws. Right.
2: That's yeah, that's I don't know how popular that is, but I mean, I that, that's what I see. Yeah, um, there you know, I think those those hidden tax costs that are going to come up. I mean, just look at the way the government is spending. I don't think anyone thinks tax rates are going to go down.
0: No, no, not, yeah. this, not, not not where we're <laughs> heading. Not as yeah. quick as we're printing dollar bills. I don't think it's possible. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so Stephanie, what, what did I miss? What, what, what are some of the other secrets that, that uh, some some higher level investors, you know, they have cash. Maybe they're in the single family game. Maybe they have that portfolio. Maybe they have the ability to refinance or sell off. I mean, the market is crazy in so many places right now where, you know, maybe they can tap into some of those rental properties and cash out. What would you recommend they do with that money?
2: I mean for me I was uh I started once I started looking at deals as far as what the cash flow was going to be to me what the returns were um and I compared that obviously to the money that's sitting I got very lucky because I invested in Colorado in um you know just right around the crash time uh so my I I appreciated like gangbusters, but there wasn't anything, you know, special about what I did. So that money was just kind of sitting there and, but truly it's just making zero. So I think you really, that's another thing, the wealthy really examine pretty closely is they, they say, well, if I have it here, this, this is what I'm making. If I have it here, I'm making this, I think, um, People like me, before I changed my mindset, think uh, get very emotionally attached to to this product to this house oh this is going to be my retirement but you're not thinking of it as a business they're constantly thinking of things as businesses and what are the what are the returns so if you're seeing you're not getting a return on that money then you can you can sell it and get into the syndication depending on what kind of syndication you can get you can get a lot of write-offs that people, I know, I have a lot of real estate agents that are in the residential game that are like, well, don't you want to do a 1031 or or something like that? I, I'm just a big fan of getting getting the tax uh, taxes out of the way and moving forward. But mm-hmm. in a lot of these bigger syndication deals, we do things that are called cost segregation, mm-hmm. and that just means that we speed up depreciation, uh, you know, put it on turbo and you can write off uh, you a lot of that it, just depending on who you end up working with but you should have that discussion with them to see if that's an option um, to bring over some of that cost segregation depreciation and that can offset you know if, if they sell their house
0: sure yeah and you know I, I don't think a lot of people think about those things either you know when they think about a syndication they think hands off, I'm, I'm giving my money to someone else and I'm gonna make some passive, but they don't think of the benefits of, of what could come from that as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the communication. I mean, each company and each syndication, each team is different, but I think we, we're big fans of being very, we communicate a lot and try to understand people's needs before they come into the project. see if we can help them you know if they're in a situation where they want some some tax help uh, because they've sold a property or something like that
0: gotcha gotcha so i'm gonna take a sidebar here for a second and i'm gonna say i'm gonna derail us a little bit from the wealth investing creation and all that kind of good stuff Mm -hmm. and and so you told me in 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 the front end that you're looking to visit all the national parks with your son and your and, and your husband how many have you been to and how many do you have left to go to and, and what's next on your list? <laughs> we
2: have a, we have a lot that that's a pretty new, that's a pretty new, <laughs> it's, a new goal. Um, it's a new goal for us uh, because actually being an insurance agent, I, well, I have a, a six year or seven, he just turned seven and uh I tend to work a lot and being in owning your own business. Uh, the last time I took a two week vacation was in 2006 or I'm sorry, (laughs) that was a week's vacation. So, um, so now that I've sold my business, I, I get all this freedom. And so I'm really looking, I live in Colorado, so I've been to all the national parks here, but I'm we're really looking forward to going to Utah and to Montana. Um, uh, and, and even in California to start working through those national parks. I'm not sure that I'll get to all of them, but we have an RV and we're we're set to go this year. <laughs> I, I was just gonna
0: say there has to, how many do you, how many of them are there? There have there has to be hundreds.
2: Right? I I would think yeah, hundreds
0: <laughs> of them for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. So mm-hmm. do you have any big ones that are on the list or is it just the goal to get through I bit
2: of I wanna go to to of to little bit of I was bit a little kid, probably a little everybody. And I'd like to go through that one with my son again. with and the the arches national parks in utah um they, that i hear that some of the arches are starting to fall so i'd like to get there to see those
0: nice nice so stephanie what did i forget to ask you today
2: uh, um i uh, i think you are you're pretty thorough um yeah i i'm just a big advocate of of just kind of listening to to what the wealthy do with their money and kind of following it syndications might sound like a big word but it's really not it's you know exactly what I was explaining they see a team of people um they like what you're doing you know if that's self-storage for us it's usually largely commercial real estate and um You have a lot more accountability investing in somebody that you, you know, that you can pick up the phone and call, just like what you said about the client that can't call Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, A lot more control. And I think your listeners are a lot smarter than they think they are. I think people kind of tend to push the money issues away without really uh, being like,
0: well, I'm just not smart enough to figure it out. You, that's not the case. <laughs> you know what, you read my mind. I was just gonna say this, that there's so many great operators out there that don't give themselves a chance because they don't realize the opportunity um, that, that could be in front of them, whether it be multifamily, self-storage, uh, whatever, commercial development, whatever bigger piece that could involve a syndication. And the reality of it is when you get your feet and you, and you dip them in the water and you kind of get a feel for it and you start to realize that, you know, I think what you said is so on point Investors are looking for a great jockey, right? They want a good team. They want people they can communicate with. They want someone who shows that they have honesty and integrity, and they're going to go out there and do what they say they're going to do. And, and and they're looking for people to invest their money into because there's there's only so many resources that they can they can trust. And so um, you know when they can find that spot and then they find that 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 great that great team that great horse and jockey and it all comes together, they're going to continue to invest. And so. Um, for those of you that are listening, that are in that situation where maybe you have some money, maybe you have some equity, maybe you started building something up. Don't be afraid to take that next step. Don't be afraid to level up um, and, and figure out what that next thing looks like for you. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I get, I get uh, fearful for people to get stuck in the rat race and the rat race could be the single family rat race, right? Um, yeah. It could be, it could be rental property, you know, rat race, which you know, uh, you and I were both there for a long time. Yeah.
2: And I, let me tell you, I sold, I have one more that I have under contract that'll go in uh, April. And uh, then I sold one in November and I can't tell you just the weight, like, especially here in Colorado, it gets cold and mm. um, really, really got super cold a few weeks ago. And, you know, you get that tension, like, are you going to get a call about something going on? And then I'm like, wait, I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> so that was a nice yeah. feeling.
0: That's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, you really brought a lot of great content today, a lot of good education for our, uh, you know, our listeners. Where can people get a hold of you and learn more?
2: Oh, great. Yeah. You you uh, could go to my website, which is www.airbay, which is E R B E wealth dot com Uh, you can download i have a little uh, report uh that i created and it's the five reasons that passive investing might be for you um on that website you could also uh put uh yeah you could um just my phone number's on there if you'd like to set up some time to talk i'd be happy to
0: Fantastic. Awesome. Gotcha. Well we'll also post the show links. Uh the notes will have the link for the website and all that kind of good stuff. Everywhere we distribute that'll have your website as well. So uh so Stephanie, I appreciate you taking the time yeah. to uh to to impart the wisdom today and help people build oh, a legacy. You. And, and it's a and great conversation. Well. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: I appreciate for, it. you're welcome. Thanks for being on.